Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley. A familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Well, hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Forbes Factor. If you're watching this live and you're on my Facebook feed, you're going to notice an amazing waterfall that I picture I took in Costa Rica. Today's show, we focus on health, wealth, and happiness. Today, we're focusing on the fact that your health is your wealth. And if that's what you want, true happiness, you've got to get it all together. And I'm not kidding, guys. Uh, I just lost another friend yesterday. Uh, Poor health is deadly. Do you know that? Like, not a joke. If you are not, and we're not talking diets, we're talking what do you put in your body? Why do you put it in your body? What is your energy level? How do you function on a daily basis? And I don't want to sound like your mother or a bad TV commercial, but I do want to be your best friend. And actually, I'm going to bring on a a gentleman who uh, is also going to up our game a little bit to really understand how your weight affects everything and he's got a powerful solution i do want to say that uh today's show is brought to you by my eat journal i and i'll I'll get real with you guys real quick and then we'll bring on my first guest but for most of my life i fought my weight i was the product of a woman who was 260 pounds my mom loved us so much that she fed us every chance she got food was a staple in our house for everything we did Man, it got to be January 1st, and it was chocolate-covered ice creams and all the champagne and cookies you could eat. Then before you know it, it's Valentine's Day, then it's St. Patty's Day, and there's some beer and corned beef and brisket. Then it's my birthday, you've got to have cake. Then it would be the summertime and all the hamburgers and hot dogs and french fries and potato chips. Can you tell that I grew up like this? Then it's, oh, I think about Halloween candy, Thanksgiving treats, and thanks, and then Christmas dinner. Wait, whoa, wait a second. Stop. My entire life was defined by food. In my world, if we loved you, we fed you. If you were sad, we fed you. If you broke up, we fed you. It was Everything was about food. And I was consequently very overweight. Uh, and you know, now I'm gonna say something. I wasn't very overweight. I was about 30 to 40 pounds overweight, just enough that everybody in my world made fun of me. Not a joke. I wanted to be an actress and a dancer. And apparently dancers and actresses are very, very skinny people. Uh, (laughs) And so if you've got 30 to 40 pounds, that's grounds to embarrass you. It's ground to make fun of you. And the more embarrassed and the more hurt I got, the more I ate. The more I ate, the bigger I got, less I felt about myself. And and, and, and it was this horrible spiral. And I'm going to introduce David and his whole program first. And in the back part of this hour, I will talk to you guys about my level of sanity because David's going to talk to you about he's very very smart he's a wonderful man um, but I didn't know him back then and so what I did was I discovered the art of journaling and I wrote a, a book called eat it's a journal for what you eat and more importantly what's eating you and so if you're listening to the program today I want you to just take a big breath what do you put in your body I just came back. It's lunchtime here in the East Coast. It's just about two o'clock. And I came back from a place that I just adore. We've got this big Italian eatery, restaurant, uh, deli. It's an entire city block owned by a family. It's absolutely beautiful. 
and everyone's jam-packed in there, and I'm and there's a big buffet, and I'm wondering, what do you, what kind of choices do you make when you look at lots of food? Do you see the greens and go, ooh, I don't want to eat a green thing? Do you look at the salads and go, that's cool? Or do you look at the fried things and go, yum? Do you look at the deep fried things and go, yum, yum? Do you look at the pasta, the potatoes, the pizza, all the P words? Where is your sensibility? Do you know when you put food in your body, what it does to you, what it does for you, what it does against you? And so I'm going to bring this full circle because I just did an infomercial. That's a glorified TV commercial. And this company is giving out free heart scans. And I'll give you the name of the company. I'll, I'll put it in, in the notes because it's a really important company. They, lovely man, started a business where he really wants you to do a full cancer scan on your body. Or it's, and it's not painful. It's, you do it with your clothes on. So he's offering a $700 free heart scan to start with. And then if you want to upscale like I did and invested in, I did the full body scan, not terribly expensive, considering that sometimes they find things that could cause sudden death. You're like, oh, maybe I should go get one of these. But we found a little something in my heart. And I had a moment of going, wait a second, I feel so good and spry. Do you know that you have a valve they call the widow maker? And you feel really wonderful and spry until you die. There are no symptoms from this. And I have a little plaque inside of there, and they said to me, you need to exercise a little bit more. You need to eat better. I was a little in shock because I thought I'd been eating just fine. And when I really dove down and analyzed it all, it turns out there's some holes in my philosophies for me personally. I know better. I just don't always do better. Does that ring true? All right. So without further ado, I would like to introduce a man who's known as the overweight person's best friend. And he also at age 61, he was fat. He was also told by his doctor he had a 95% chance for heart attack. Hear the theme here? Mr. David Medansky, I'm going to bring you on camera so you can tell the rest of your story. But I want to give you a big warm welcome. And the crowd goes crazy. Oh! And I want to share something with you. Turn your camera on. But I have something from you that you gifted me. I, um, I didn't know David last year. Maybe I did. Maybe it was two years now. Oh, God. Gosh, when do we do the the um, the Excelis? And I just came across this today, but it was part of what you your this is a round to it. Do you remember sending this to me? I do. So tell us about what a round to it is. Well, most people say they'll do something when they get a round to it. So I created <laughs> a round to it, especially for weight loss. So now they don't have an excuse for not doing what they say they're going to do. Now, the cool thing about this is it physically is a round cardboard, like a business card, only it's round. And it says, guard this with your life. Two, it's are hard to come by, especially round ones. It will help you reduce weight. And for years, you've heard people say, I'll lose weight when I get a round to it. Well, I've got one of these. Do you still do this or is that not part of your program anymore? I still hand them out. Well, and then Lemony Snicket. I love it. If we wait until we're ready, we will be waiting for the rest of our lives. Welcome, David Mdansky, to the stage. David, hey! Thank you, Forbes. <laughs> Tell us about you and your story. Well, as you mentioned, at age 61, I went to see the doctor. and He said, based on my lab results and being significantly overweight, I had a 95% chance for a fatal heart attack. So he gave me two options, lose weight or find a new doctor. And he suggested I find a new doctor because he had been after me for eight years to lose weight before that. And so the light bulb went off for me. And finally, I did something. And during the next four months, I shed 50 pounds, 25% of my total body weight. And more importantly, that was over five years ago, I've kept the weight off. 
Wow. Well, you look amazing. Now, we are on the radio, so most people don't get to see how you look. But if you're on my Facebook, my, uh, my inner circle or my homepage, whatever my pages are, you want to see this very handsome man. Do you have a photo of you, Heavier, that you could share with my viewing audience? Oh, um, I can pull one up on my phone real quick. Well, really? I would just, I, I've seen you before, and I, I think it's always very fascinating when you see somebody – 80 to 100 pounds overweight. One of my clients came to me recently and she'd lost 100 pounds. And I hadn't seen her during COVID. And I would never, on the street, would never recognize her. It is bizarre what weight will do to you. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. When people look at my photos from five years ago, they don't recognize me. They're, they're like, you're not the same person. My face is a lot thinner. My body's a lot trimmer. Uh, and it was all from what I put into my mouth. And that's why I tell people, you can lose weight and be healthy without having to do physical exercise, without counting calories, and without going on a diet. In fact, I consider myself the anti-diet advocate because as a former lawyer. Wait, 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 wait. No diet? What are you talking about, David? Well, we all know what to do. We just don't do it. And in my book, Break the Chains of Dieting, I describe the nine must-have principles for weight loss. The best thing is you only need to do the first two to see results. And people are like, why know that? And I think, yeah, you know what to do. Are you doing it? Well, no. Well, why not? And that's the issue. We all know what to do. We just don't do it. Well, why not? It's inconvenient. Oh, that's interesting. But it's more convenient when your doctor says you're going to die or I love to find a new doctor. I think that's a pretty phenomenal statement. Well, that's the other thing is food is addicting. What people don't realize is sodas, diet sodas are very addicting. And so people need to drink more water. In fact, 75% of the U.S. population is chronically dehydrated. And there's a direct correlation to people being overweight because 72% of the U.S. adult population is overweight. And so a lot of times when people think they're hungry, they're actually thirsty. Our bodies are 60 to 70% water, not soda, not diet soda, not fruit juices or fruit flavored beverages. So why not put pure water into your body, which is the fuel that it needs to be healthy? Okay, so let's get, I've, you know, I've heard this forever. Even in my book, you, with this place where you, you jump, you click off waters. I ended up in the hospital with a kidney stone because many years ago I was getting ready for a fitness competition, a fitness show, and I was eating a lot of high protein and not drinking enough water. And I had a horrible kidney stone. And I remember waking up, I had a, a, a a video shoot that next morning. They rushed me to the hospital. I had my cell phone in the on the gurney with me, like I wouldn't let them rip it off from my hand. I said, "Not until you, not until I'm out, are you getting this phone?" And I called my team and I said, "Guys, I'm not going to make our eight o'clock time. I'll probably be there by noon." Well, how optimistic! I didn't wake up for about ten days. Yeah, noon. I mean, I and I remember hearing people over me going something about blood pressure. I'm like, "No, no, I've always had great blood pressure. Even when I was pregnant with twins, they were saying she has no blood pressure." And I firsthand realized that not drinking enough water can kill you. But can I be really honest with you, David? Sure. I still don't think I drink enough water. Why is that? Well, most people don't know how much water to drink. And that's what I get asked more often than not is how much water should I drink? And the answer I give is a minimum of 64 ounces per day or one half of your total body weight. So if you're 200 pounds, you have to drink 100 ounces of water. Well, let me ask you, did that just click in your brain? Because I don't see people drinking a lot of water. I see some, but I'm going to say that most don't. Now, if we now here, help me out with this logic. If we know it's good for us, we know it's life-saving, and we don't do it, how do we flip a switch? What is the magic formula? 
I don't know if there is a magic formula other than just awareness and then acting on it and making yourself drink water. Now, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, so it's hot here. It's a desert. So I've been trained to drink a lot of water because you don't perspire out here. We're in Florida, which is a lot of humidity. You walk outside and you start perspiring. So, right. you know, I always start the day with 16 ounces of water. This is the water glass I use. And I gulp it down. And I usually have 64 ounces before lunch, before noon. Um, and then I drink more water in the afternoon. And if you're doing something more physically active or um, you're exercising a lot, then you need to drink more water. Should I put my producer on the line here? Do you guys want to chime in for a second? I'm curious if in the studio, because I've got a great production team in Arizona, do you guys all drink water in there? You guys, I want to hear. He's going to be very shy. Come on. I know you want to come and jump in here. I want to hear. Well, because I'm also going to put it out on Facebook while we take a break. I want to hear if people are drinking that much water. And if they're not, what in your program do you do to inspire them? Well, what I teach people is drink the 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning. And then uh, drink a glass of water or two with your first meal, which is breakfast. And then drink a mid-morning glass of water. Drink two glasses of water with your lunch. Drink another glass of water mid-afternoon. And then drink two glasses of water before your dinner. And there you have more than enough water to hydrate yourself. Now, David, what were you doing before you went on this whole journey? Well, before that, I was a world-class expert at playing casino craps. And before that, I was a lawyer doing divorce work. Okay, I didn't know about the middle one. So let's take on a journey here for people who also want to change their career because my entire audience was all a bunch of entrepreneurs who want to know how to health, wealth, and happiness. So first, you're a lawyer. You're a trained lawyer doing what kind of work? Divorce. How happy are you in that world? Not very happy. Oh, that's what no. caused the stress and anxiety and being overweight because I wasn't always fat. I was fit and trim and healthy. Life gets in the way with work and family obligations before I knew it, going through the fast food drive-through, ordering pizzas, picking up a bucket of chicken, eating while I'm working, not exercising, weight creeps up on you. What's the craziest divorce story that you can share? No names, but it's one of the concept. Oh, a lady comes to me for paternity. No, yeah, it was paternity. Um, they were married, got divorced. They were sleeping together. She has a child. She wants child support. We okay. agree on man's very, very wealthy, pays her a lot of money, and she's not happy. And I asked her, I said, have you been to church lately? And she goes, no. I said, I think you need to go. And she goes, why? I said, you're not grateful for anything. And she goes, I think you're right. She comes wow. to see me two years later. They had gotten remarried, had another child, and now she wants a divorce and wants more money. And he had paid for a house, a car, was giving her $10,000 a month in child support. So it was tax-free. Was paying for three weeks of vacation at, uh, in La Jolla, uh, among other things. And she was still not happy. That was probably the most ungrateful person I've ever met. So she found God for a little while and then she just gave up and said, I just want the cash. I don't even think she found God. I just think she wanted the cash. Wow. Well, that's, that's kind of sad. Do people have happy divorces? Sometimes. Sometimes. sometimes because amicable. Do. I don't know about happy, but amicable. Yes. I'm a, exhibit A. My last divorce was very amicable. My last? How many do you have? Three. 
Three, so you're now a divorce expert because, you, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Well, and my last divorce with my former wife, most people didn't know we were divorced for the first three years we were divorced because we did everything together. I just was not going to put my daughter through everything that other parents had put their kids through. And I didn't care what parents did to each other. I didn't like what they did to the kids. So what advice would you give somebody as a thrice divorced man, divorced lawyer about marriage? Do you believe in marriage? Yes, I'm remarried. My current wife is an angel. I love her dearly. And uh, Where do you uh, find all these amazing people? Where are you shopping for women? <laughs> uh, I got some great advice from a coach who told me to write down everything I was looking for in a partner. Ah, uh, I know her. <laughs> and yeah, and, well, it was a him. And so he says, uh, write down everything from physical attributes, emotional, spiritual, what they like to do, um, everything. Um, and I did. And then he goes, go to church, sit in the back. You're not looking for anybody. Just be with God, put it out there. And two weeks later, I met my wife. Well, there you go. Our show just took a different turn. I'm liking this. All right. How fascinating. You call it manifestation. I do. I know. I believe exactly in what you're saying. I just don't know that everyone else does. In fact, I believe it's so much in my world that we have a word for it. We call it Forbesing it. What have you Forbesed lately? And that is when you manifest something, especially when no one else thinks it's possible. And one of the problems I believe in relationships is that we don't ask for everything we want. We certainly don't even ask for everything that we need. And we accept a lot of what we get because some of us don't realize we're worth more. You agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and a lot so, of us don't know what to ask for, so we don't ask for anything. So that's what the universe gives us. Yeah, it's a funny thing about the universe. It really does listen to you, at least in my world it does. Um, people who don't believe just don't listen. It's the funniest thing. Kind of like Santa Claus. I said to my kids, if you don't believe, you don't receive. It's really simple. You have to believe 100% and the world is your oyster. All right, so you actually came out to Florida to hang out at Forbes Factor this couple of months ago. Yes, I did. I'm asking people what that experience was like and why they should come. What do you think? Oh, it was uh, life-changing for me. I met some incredible people who I've become friends with outside of, you know, the Forbes factor. Um, I learned a lot from you, uh, things I wasn't aware of, things to focus on. And everybody supports everybody there. It's just one big family afterwards. Um, I would encourage everybody to go because it's worth every penny and you get great value. And more importantly, it'll tr transform your life. I had to go plug my so actually what, what David is talking about, and if this is interesting to you, here's a website that I highly recommend you go check out. And it is a www Forbes factor live training. Uh, we used to do them five times a year. When COVID hit, we stopped for a little while. We started, David was the first one back. I'm doing another one at the end of March. And who is this right for? Here's my little commercial sponsorship moment. That if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, uh, someone who wants to be, someone who wants to leave their nine to five and wants support emotionally, uh, physically, we have a, a great three-day training that number one, teaches you how to pitch your idea. Two, has emotional breakthroughs laced into this so that you get over hurdles that have kept you stuck in your life. And three, the networking is off the chart because it's in my television studio, which is where I'm today. We only have 40 participants at a time. 
So I, I've done 10,000 at a time. What I've discovered for me personally as a coach, a teacher, and a mentor, I don't want to just talk to air. And that's what 10,000 people is. You're just talking to air. I like talking to humans, like David said, whose life I can truly transform. There is nothing more gratifying, and you should all look for this in your business. You, go, you want to get money. You want to get people's emails, but you really want to get a thank you. And I've gotten a lot of that, and the only way I know to get a thank you is you under-promise and over-deliver. You be truthful and authentic to your, your, person, your, your passion and your purpose, and you, you walk a divine path. And I think that's what I've been doing for decades. And at this point in my life, I've financially done very, very well. <clears throat> I'm here to give back. And don't kid yourself. I love the money because the money is an exchange of energy. And with money, you can do great things. You can build schools. You can support families. You can give scholarships. So I love all of that. And if this is interesting to you at all uh, on the page or wherever you found me, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Voice America's platform itself, we work very hard to give back. So please reach out to us if that sounds interesting to you. Will Anne be there? Oh, Anne will always be here. Yeah. So that's the thank you for that little. I okay. want to put a plug in for Anne Lanston. She's all amazing. Right, so if you go to AnnPhotography.com, I'll give her a plug too. This woman changed my life. Last night, by the way, we were on a – and you couldn't come because it was for girls only. She launched a new magazine called Ageless. And for the last 10 years, she's been dreaming about this. She became one of my students, and she finally figured it out. It is boudoir photos – get this – of women aged 40 to 90 – she has a 90-year-old on the cover of this magazine. She's called The Pink Lady, stunningly gorgeous. You want to check out, you know, and David, I'll tell you, we're thinking of doing one called Dudewar. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, where well, you're going to show up in these in, in very revealing clothes because in front of her lens, something magic seems to happen. David, you did a photo shoot with Anne at Forbes Factor. What was that like and what were the pictures? What did it do for you? I was magical. She, you, you're right. Her, her lens is magic. She works magic. She made me look incredibly handsome and, and great. And I've been using her photos for my marketing and promotions. And I get a lot of compliments on how good I look in the photos. And it's all because of Anne. And, and she's really special in how she can capture a person's essence. Well, I'll say it's a one-two punch. Because we did the photo branding session at the end of Forbes Factor, where there was a lot of emotional release, and people always look better when they've let some of their baggage go. And then you did this beautiful, I mean, I just looking at the kitchen that you guys were in and, and holding your book. I mean, can you imagine, guys, that a photo changes your life? It really has done that for you, hasn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. But tell us how, because they can't see you or I. Oh, well. It changed my life and because now when people look at me, um, when I have to send an email or I have to send a headshot for being on podcasts and radio shows, um, it shows me in a different light than my other photos that were boring, um, uninspiring. And now people look at me and they want to listen to what I say. They want to hear. They want to learn more. And it's because of the photo. And it makes a big difference. Isn't that amazing? That one photo, and I'm looking at some of our comments. We get live comments from our Facebook feed. Candida writes, uh, are you doing another Costa Rica training? Well, that I will be looking forward to. My next one is going to be in Dominican Republic. If you guys want to get on the waiting list, we're going to be doing a seven-day retreat. And this one is something no one's ever seen before. I spent 10 years of my life in my 20s working at a resort that is a very unique place where you can do flying trapeze, 
where they have a theater that seats over a thousand so we can practice our speaking techniques, where they have outdoor palapas so we're doing yoga on, right, like literally over the water on the beach. There's toys to play with. There's all the food is included and it's romantic and fun. And I'm going to say romantic. You don't have to bring someone. You get romantic with you. You will fall in love with yourself, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, I've not picked the date for that, but if any of you are interested, you need to jump on. Because, again, everything we do is always about small groups. So it's more about exclusive. We don't have high prices, but I like – I don't like to be too stretched. I mean, like, like at your wedding, David, do you notice that you can't talk to half the people that are there? Because, no, I want small, intimate people who make long-lasting, lifelong friends. Exactly. Um, I'm going to be hiking Kilimanjaro June 4th through the 18th this year. Wow. So I'll let you know how it goes and, and maybe you can do a, a workshop while we're all hiking in the future. Well, I, you know, I'm all for that. I actually lived in Africa, Jambo, Bwana, Habarigani. I live, I love Africa. I love Kenya and Tanzania, but that's how hard are you training to do that? Um, I'm building up to walk five hours without stopping and I hike. And so we have mountains here. Um, you know, my grandmother started hiking five hours a day, and we've not seen her since. <laughs> well, she keeps going straight line, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a, that's a bad joke. That's impressive. Now, why does somebody want to hike Mount Kilimanjaro? I met Anne Lorimore, and she set the world record for being the oldest person to hike Kilimanjaro at age 89. And I told her I was going to beat her record. I was going to do it at age 90. So I'm training. And so I figured I better start now to see what I'm getting myself into. That's extraordinary. How high do you go? It's 19,340 feet, I believe. Well, I have enough trouble just hiking in Nordstrom's and getting shopping for clothes nowadays because I've been sitting too much. So I honor that commitment. All right, we got a quick break coming up in two minutes. David, will you share with everybody? Let's go back. Show me a picture of your, your book for our, our viewing audience. Say the title and tell us why we would want to go get your book. It's called Break the Chains of Dieting. The Nine principles, must have principles for weight loss. And everybody should go get it because it's different than any other book. It's not only a weight loss book, it's a motivational, inspiring book. And there's short stories in there with life lessons. And the life lessons can be applied to many different things. And I've applied those life lessons to healthy eating and healthy weight loss. Well, we are about to take our very first break to say thank you to our amazing sponsors. We'll be right back after this break. You guys are listening to The Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. I've got a very special guest, Mr. David Medansky, and we finally got this interview round to it. <laughs> All right, you guys, come back. Uh, we're not going anywhere. You got a lot more. Stay tuned. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. 
There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We've just been hanging out talking to my producer, who I didn't realize Drinks 240 ounces of water a day and takes his karate three times a day. I have to tell you, the closest I've come to karate in a while was last night. I binge watched on Netflix Cobra Kai. Got it? (laughs) Anybody with me? Come on. I grew up with Karate Kid, a little wax on, wax off. And I think what's so delightful about that TV show is it's now, what, 20 some odd years later. And knock on wood, almost all the actors are still alive. And it's been fun to watch them have kids and grow up. And I was watching a competition last night. Uh, with their kids, uh, and it was fascinating because I was one of the only girls in my world who did karate at all. And so my hat is off to, you know, Mr. Miyagi. Thank you very much. All right, so I'm sitting here talking to David Medansky about Break the Chains of Dieting, and I do want to pop in and talk about my journal for a second because, first of all, David, how long did your book take you to write? This is my third book on weight loss, so it took me about a year. Yeah, this one took me three years, and it was all my frustration, all my heart, and this one doesn't have a whole lot of words. This one probably goes well with your book or anyone else's book because it's pretty much, and what I'm showing on screen, is it is a journal on the left side and a happiness exercise on the right side. There's 42 of them. I firmly believe in the 21 days to break a habit, 21 days to make a habit. And for me personally, writing the book was the healing that I needed to overcome my food addiction. And I was not addicted to... I was addicted to the feeling I think that bad food gave me. I think it was I could eat brownies and chocolate cake and cookies and just not care because I was lonely or unhappy and that food seemed to make me happy until it didn't make me happy anymore and then it made me very sad. David, were you sad when you were overweight? Yes, more frustrated too because I had been on numerous diets and no matter what I did, everything failed. And what I come to realize is diets don't work. I call it dieting insanity. Because in doing research for the book, I found they did some studies. And on average, a person will attempt 126 different diets during their lifetime. And Albert Einstein says insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Well, if diets don't work, why do you go on a diet to lose weight? And 
if people do lose weight on a diet, 90% of those people will gain the weight back within a year, some even more. So I teach people to change their eating habits and lifestyle because a diet is like a goal. I mean, like a, a, a sprint it has a finish line. And when people reach their goals, they go back to their old eating habits and then they regain the weight. So if you think of a lifestyle as a marathon, you just keep going and going without a finish line. And that's the difference. Well, for me, I, def I had to redefine some words. Um, when I was younger, David, did anyone ever talk to you about you having it all? Remember that phrase, you have it all? No, because I never had it all. Uh, well, <laughs> I remember, but I remember there was this catch-all phrase, but it was like having 2.5 kids, a husband, a house in the suburbs, and blah, blah, blah. I said this to my daughter the other day. She's like, Mom, what does that mean, 2.5 kids? Who's the half a kid? And I thought, isn't that funny? They weren't thinking about that back then. Um, <laughs> but I define the word diet to be D-I-E-T, decisions I eat today. I could not think yes. about tomorrow. I hated being a cheater because as soon as you told me I had to stick to a diet program and I cheated, that was enough reason to go off and eat an entire chocolate cream pie with no spoon. Yeah, it was kind of nasty <laughs> back then. Uh, I know. I, I, I'm so much happier now, but I, I don't want to shame anybody. If people – I have a lot – everybody's different sizes now. See, the difference is when David and I were growing up, because we're basically the same age, I'm a teeny bit younger, um, being thin was in. That's yeah. how we judged you. If you were not thin, there was something wrong with you. You were, you were an outcast. You were, I mean, did you feel that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So now, there, I just watched a TV show where there's two actresses, and they're definitely larger sizes. They're beautiful actresses. They're great. But we now are way more accepting. Something shifted. So, and I hear people saying, well, don't judge me about my weight. And I'm not sure I quite understand because carrying extra weight on your frame and bear with me on this has negative effects on your heart. You have and other organs, negative effects on your ankles and your knees and your hips. And I only say this because I look at nature for my answers and you never see any other animal in nature that doesn't look like all the other animals. All the gazelles look the same. All the lions look the same. Even the elephants, as large as they are, they all look like elephants. They all look exactly the same. And it's only humans and domestic dogs and cats that seem to be larger than, their, than other species in that same genre. Do, that, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And what people don't realize is we've been getting larger and larger um, over the years. On average, a person's gained an extra 30 pounds. And what happens, and I talk about this in the book, is you look at someone and they're a little bit bigger than you are, so you think you're fine. Well, you're not. You're both overweight. And Ooh. whatever thing else happens is we're eating a lot of foods that are toxic to our, our bodies. And I, I talk about looking at food as fuel for your body. So you want to give it the right fuel for optimized performance. Like most people take better care of their pets and their automobiles than they do their own bodies. And our bodies are incredible machines. So... If you look at it as fuel for your body, you want to put the right fuel in. And what happens is you're eating all these toxic, processed and highly manufactured foods. And it doesn't kill you right away, even though it's poison. Over 20, 30 years, the compound effect is where all the diseases and chronic illnesses start accumulating. That's why if you're over 55, you're 80% likely to have type 2 diabetes, which is preventable and reversible, or be pre-diabetic. And if you're pre-diabetic, you'll be diabetic within seven years unless you change your eating habits. And people just wow. aren't aware. Okay, so let's go back because we have a little bit of time. Let's do a little bit of education here. What does it mean to be pre-diabetic? What is that about? 
it means your blood sugar is high and you're just borderline being a full-blown diabetic. So uh, your, your sugar is at a certain level. And depending on which doctor you go to, you're either a diabetic or you're pre-diabetic. Now, what foods, because let's get, just talk about education about foods, because I mean, you were this hotshot lawyer and you were eating fast foods. So something about it, did you not know back then it was bad or you just not thinking about it? I didn't care. It was convenient. It was easy. I was hungry. I go through the drive-through or like I said, order pizza, pick up a bucket of chicken, um, throw a frozen meal in the microwave, not looking at the ingredients. And I knew better. It was just okay. a lot of stress so and a lot of convenience. So. So let's talk about looking at labels. You guys, a real quick little tutorial on labels. Read them. If you know, it's a funny thing because I worked for many years with the late great Jack Lalane. Jack was the guru of fitness. He founded the first health club in the early 1940s, and his whole philosophy. And David, I know you're going to love this. Is if man made it, don't eat it. Right. So you go to the store. There's no labels on apples or bananas or carrots or steak or fish. Why is there no labels on those things? Because they're all made by nature. Oh really? Except, except Except the imitation meats and chickens now, which is a, a lot of processed chemicals and bad for your body. And people think it's healthy because it's plant-based when it's actually not. It's the food and weight loss industries spending millions of dollars on psychologists to help promote and advertise their products and deceive the general public because we're not aware of it. There's a chiffon margarine commercial from the 1970s and the actress that played Mother Nature, her line was, it's not nice, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. And that's what I talk about with food. It, if it's not made by nature, don't eat it. If it's made by a person in a white lab coat in a food processing plant, it's bad for you. Don't you find it fascinating that things that are bad for us and that can kill us are not regulated and in, for, in fact told are just fine? Like cigarettes. What I tell people is just because it's legal doesn't mean it's healthy for you. And a lot of what's in our foods here are banned in Europe, Canada, and China. Like what? So, uh, red dye, uh, some of the um, Olene, which is Olestra. Um, aspartame is one of the worst things you can have. I'm not sure if it's banned everywhere because it's an artificial sweetener for the diet sodas. And everybody says, well, Diet soda, zero calories. How does it cause weight gain? Well, there's 92 known side effects that are negative of aspartame. And one of them, it causes weight gain because it puts your body, it deprives your body of nutrients. So it inhibits your body from absorbing vitamins, minerals, and nutrients and puts your body in starvation mode. So now your body's fighting like crazy because it wants to survive to keep the weight on, to keep the fat on. Not only that, the aspartame increases your cravings for sweetness. So you may have the diet soda, but then people go eat ice cream, candy bars, and whatever uh, to satisfy that craving. What do you do when you have a craving? Oh, depends on what the craving is, but usually I'll do a substitute, you know, so I don't eat candy bars. Haven't had one in five years. Don't drink soda. I drink water. Um, well, but no, wait a second. Okay. You're still aren't you also a boy. I'm a little more emotional here. I want chocolate. What do I do? Dark chocolate's great as long as it's 72% cacao. That cocoa, okay. cacao, now, there's gonna, a difference. All right, so I'm going to share a story with you guys. Uh, my dad always ate dark chocolate. I took a bite of it one day, and it was like eating sawdust, like the worst thing I'd ever tried. And I was a milk chocoholic, love my candy bars. In fact, I have a crazy story. Uh, I won't say what candy bar it is, but it had just come out. 
I was on tour doing stand-up comedy. Yes, I'm funny. And I was the dead of the winter. I got to Rochester, New York, and these little candy bars, they were like their chocolate-covered toffee. And I would throw out a couple of them during my show, and I would eat one or two of them. They were each like 500 calories, okay, and all just massive sugar. Well, one day I get to my destination, my hotel. It's cold. I'm hungry. And I know there's a candy bar in the back of my trunk, somewhere underneath my skis behind my boots. I get out. I'm freezing. I'm opening the trunk, putting my hand in, and I'm finding it. Finally, I find it. And I tug and I tug. And I pulled so hard, David, that I whiplash back. I smack myself in the head, slipped on the ice, cracked down on the floor, and I was found in the infirmary with, a, with this literally this candy bar <laughs> stuck in my hand. I'm like, death by chocolate. So chocolate can kill you. I also put on 22 pounds in one four-month season of skiing because I found I think I was living on these candy bars. So I will tell you that I did what David says, and do it gradually. Stop milk chocolate. That's my new, my new thing. Just stop milk chocolate. But dark chocolate comes in all these percentages. It, there's 100% dark chocolate, which tastes like licking the bottom of your shoe, just to be really clear. Healthy for you, but not very tasty. And then I think it starts at like 55, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, yeah, and 62%. Yeah. Right. I'm going to say yeah. go into a high-end candy store and get a 55% or a 60% yeah. dark chocolate. And the more you do it, it's actually food. This is the crazy thing. I was joking a little before, but I want my chocolate because I've discovered now I can eat my chocolate. It doesn't taste the way it did back then, but I've come accustomed. I've been doing this now for about three years where I'm up to about 85, 90% and I love it. I, and it's good for you, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's healthy for you. Uh, I use 100% cacao and yep. it's powder form and I put it in my protein drinks. So I get my chocolate fix at the same time. So yeah, that's one way. Yeah. Yep. Who knew chocolate was good for you? But well, chocolate comes works. from nature. If you eat an apple, a pear, blueberries, strawberries, you know, fruits, vegetables, all of a sudden your taste buds will start changing. So you'll start craving the good stuff. And then the bad stuff won't taste good anymore. Why do you think so many people are overweight? Um, two reasons. Convenience. It's easier, like I said, to go through a drive-thru. When I was growing up, McDonald's was a treat, maybe once a week, once every two weeks. Oh, for me, that was the big treat. And if you could supersize and get one of their milkshakes, oh, my God, we were in heaven. Yeah. And now, you know, people go there two or three times a day for their meals. Um, also they, very affordable. Very affordable. They order pizzas. Very affordable. They order the buckets of chicken. Very affordable. Um, it's all processed food. Uh, again, it's convenience and also stress. People eat because... They want comfort, they're stressed, it relieves stress. So let, me ask you guys, so let me ask you guys a question because David, it's funny, you, you are the same to me and different, but if you've got somebody who is stressed, short on time, they're gonna do what you were doing and that is going through the drive-thru, grabbing what's convenient. You know, when you're at work and there's a thing of donuts or it's someone's birthday, it's just too easy. Do you have to get freaked out by your doctor, do you think? Or what, what's the wake-up call from regular people? Well, it's different for everybody. For me, it was the doctor saying you're going to die unless you change your eating habits. Uh, some people would rather face the negative consequences and change their eating habits. So everybody's different. Um, I think people have different life experiences. I was fortunate. I avoided the heart attack. I have friends that were not so fortunate. So they had the heart attack. They had the stroke. They've had hip and knee replacements. Their bodies are deteriorating. They look at me and they're like, wow, you're doing all this stuff. And they're not able to physically do it. So I said, don't do it for yourself. 
think about your kids, your spouse, your grandkids. Do you want to be more physically active with them? Do you want to be you know, able to do things with them? Uh, think how it would affect them if you were taken suddenly. Not that you're gone, but how would it affect their lives? Or what happens if you have a medical catastrophe and you're debilitated? How would that affect you know, spouse, your kids, grandkids? So if you think about other people you care about in your life, that sometimes will get someone's attention. David, I'm looking at you visually. You have a dragon behind your head. What's the symbolic meaning of that? No symbolism. I just like dragons. It was a great picture, and I thought, this is cool. Oh, I'm a Game of Thrones person. I think dragons are extraordinary. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's, there's a lot of Zen, though, going on. You have, tell me about the environment you created for yourself. I have a couple dragons. I have a Buddha that's sitting. Uh-huh. Um, I have a, a bamboo plant. I have a knight with a – my wife gave me as a Christmas present, so I kept that in here. Um, other than that, yeah, it's mostly um, looking at the other wall. Um, a picture of Buddha, a dragon on a shelf, and – I have uh, more dragons on another bookcase and I have elephants. I love elephants too. I do too. It sounds like you've come full circle. We're coming to the end of our show. What advice are you open to giving people to up-level their lives? I would tell them to reevaluate what they're doing. And when you were talking about nutritional food labels, people tend to misread them. They look at the calories, they look at the sodium, the protein. What they don't look at is the ingredients. So if you're not able to pronounce it, don't eat it because it's a chemical. Um, so that's one piece of advice is, you know, actually read the ingredients that's in the label. Uh, I love your idea of the journaling. I talk about journaling in the book and I always tell people, put down what you're eating, why you're eating, when you're eating, you know, how much you're eating, uh, little things to start questioning. And one of the stories, if I can tell real quick, is the pot roast story. Sure. Okay. So... A lady is hosting a dinner. She makes pot roast and the guest says, this is delicious. Can I get the recipe? And the host writes it down. The guest reads it and she goes, why do you cut the ends of the pot roast off? And the host says, I don't know. That's how my mom taught me. So she calls her mom the next day and she says, mom, why do we cut the ends of the pot roast off? And her mom says, I don't know. That's how your grandmother taught it to me. Call her. So she calls her grandmother. Grandmother thinks for a while and says, Oh, because when I was first married, the pot was too small and I had to cut the ends off to make the pot roast fit. So <laughs> sometimes we eat things without knowing why, because that's how we were taught. I call it dietary duplication. A friend of mine, John Canada, came up with that term because we don't know any better. We eat certain things a certain way at a certain time. Uh, either we were taught by our parents or colleagues or friends. And so start questioning why you're eating certain things. I love that. And overall, as a family man, what advice would you give to men? Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> oh, happy host, happy life. I love that's actually a very, very good saying. All right, you know, I just want to say thank you so much. You've been a beautiful. There's a lot of people listening to us online. I've got Martin's been watching and Linda and Glenda, your dear friend from Forbes Factor Live is here. Um, tonight, by the way, is Mastermind at 8 o'clock. I hope that you will join us. And uh, do you have your book digitally? Yes, it's out there on Kindle. It's on uh, Nook in uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, the audio book is coming out in about three weeks. Oh, that is awesome. I would love to do. We're doing giveaways every week in our world. I'd love to spin the wheel and at some point give somebody a Kindle version of this and just have you, you know, maybe talk to them. Do you take, do you take clients? Is that part of what you do as well? 
Yes, um, not too many because my time is very valuable to me. Uh, so I want someone who's going to be motivated uh, and someone who um, is willing to make changes to their lifestyles. Um, and I'll tell you what, Forbes, when you do the spin and give a book away, I will actually pay for the postage and send them a hard copy that's signed as a gift. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, to even make it better, I'll have you come on and be part of the giveaway itself. Uh, let's do that next week. This week we have a very jam-packed uh, – we're going to learn from one of my students who is crushing it. He's an OPP graduate of my training, and he's blowing up on TikTok. And just unlikely, and he's making sales and living a really amazing life. So I'm all about highlighting success stories, and if I can, given my platform and my notoriety, uh, make way for you guys to, to reach out and touch people. Sounds great. All right, so David, remind us one more time. Show us the title of the book, the name of the book. Where can we find it? It's Break the Chains of Dieting. Or, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have three of them. Yeah, and it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Go to your library. They'll order a copy because it's available to them. Um, it's available on Kindle. It's a paperback, hardback, uh, independent bookstore. It's available. They can order it for you. Uh, you can go to antidietadvocate.com. Oh, I love that. Wait, say that one more time. Antidietadvocate.com. That is a great URL. It, because I'm a former lawyer, non-practicing lawyer. And so I'm an advocate for the overweight person. I'm an anti-diet. Uh, diets do not work. No, they don't. Hey, before we leave, you just dropped a bomb about what you did in between being a lawyering guy and a diet guy. What was that little occupation you snuck in there? I'm a world-class expert at casino craps. I wrote six books on it and three novels. Two of them are out there. Uh, one is Dark Money and one is Flamingo's Baby. Uh, Holy Craps is spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y. Craps is the most comprehensive uh, book on uh, craps out there for not only how to play, but how to win. And I don't know if you're familiar with Sun Tzu and the Art of War, but the first chapter is applying the strategies of Sun Tzu and the Art of War to playing casino craps. Where did that pop into your world? When I was going through depression and anxiety, being a divorce lawyer, a psychologist suggested I have a hobby and I became interested in craps and started reading about it and studying it and thinking about it and uh, kept learning. And that's where it came in. That is spectacular. So would you play in, or do you still play? I used to, um, I haven't played that much, but I would fly out in the morning from Phoenix to uh, Las Vegas. I would take my daughter to school and my friend would pick me up at the airport. I make between $700 and $1,000. He'd drive me back to the airport. I'd catch a three o'clock flight, pick my daughter up at four o'clock and be home in time for dinner. And um, yeah, I would do that about once a month. All right. So now everybody's all jonesing here about, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Can you give us one secret to playing that game? Yes. Set a realistic, obtainable goal. I use 20% of my buy-in. So if I buy in for $500, my goal is to make $100. And when I make that goal, I stop. I don't care if it takes me five minutes, 10 minutes, or 30 minutes. What happens is a lot of people will go to Vegas or Atlantic City or wherever and say, I'll take so much money. And when I lose it, I'll stop. Well, to me, that's a defeatist attitude. Right. Other people will say, well, I want to make as much as possible. Well, what does that mean? What do you tell in the universe? Is that 5,000, 10,000? I've seen people be up 10, $20,000 at a craps table and give it all back. So I set a, a goal. When I make that goal, I break it into sessions. I leave and I'll do two or three sessions, you know, a day, you know, I make two or 300 a session. Um, and it adds up. And the rest of the time I just go walk around or, or just relax. 
I'm sorry. I did not. I've known you for a while. I did not know this part of your life. I think this is fascinating. And you wrote novels. Yes. When do you have all this time? I don't know. Same thing like you. How do you do everything? You do so much. How do you have all the time to do it? You I, just do it. <laughs> I know. I know. But I didn't know any of this about you. This is absolutely fascinating. So one more time, uh, Martin Green, who's one of my dear friends, uh, is asking, what's the name of that book again? Please give it to us. Holy craps. Yeah. That, yeah. No, w no, no, no. Your diet book. Your diet oh, book. my diet book. Okay. Break the chains of dieting. All right, you. I want to say a big thank you, guys. We've got two minutes left to the show today. We've been listening to David Medansky talking about breaking the chains of dieting. We've had a wonderful conversation overall. I think it's gone all around the blog and back to you are what you eat. If you put crap, no pun intended about holy craps, if you put crap in your mouth, you're going to get crap on your butt. If you put junk in, garbage in, garbage out, Jack Lane always said. And it's not what you do all – it's not what you do some of the time. Is it all the time? It's not what you do some of the time that counts. Like you can have a couple of – wayward days, but it's what you do all of the time. What is your, your habit? Do you go to the store and you look at labels? When you sit down to a dinner, do you say to the waitress, no, I don't need any alcohol to start my dinner, thank you very much, and I don't want the bread on the table, because if you put it there, I'm going to eat all of it. So I want you to encourage you to go get break the, break the chains of, break the diet, oh, say it again, break the diet break the chains. chains of dieting. Break the Chains of Dieting by David Medansky, and also check out Eat Journal by Forbes Riley. They go hand in hand. And if you want more information about this or anything else that we do, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're all over the world. But most important, we're right here every week live on Voice America. I'll see you again next week on The Forbes Factor. Thank you for making The Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.